I'm going to talk to you today about hope for the family. Hope for the family. You know, last week, Pastor Victor preached one of the most dynamic messages on storms. And he talked to us about how storms hit everyone in life. No matter what station you are in life, no matter where you're from, what, what nationality you are, uh, it rains on the just and on the unjust. Storms come to all of us. They are inevitable, we learned last week. But he ended last week with encouraging us with that statement, we're not going under, we're going over, amen? We're going over to the other side. And I just want to pick up on that same thought today as we look at Genesis chapter 8, beginning with verse 8. The scripture says this, He, that is Noah, also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and he took her and he drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So Noah went out. Someone needs to know today that your flood season is over. Your flood season is over. You're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. Would you just take the person's hand who's standing next to you? As we are unified together in one mind and one accord, I believe God wants to heal families today. I believe there's healing for families today. And I just want you to agree with me as we pray together. Father, we thank you for this hope today. This hope that comes from your word today. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is here today to heal us, to mend us, to put us back together again. For those who are heavy-hearted today, your spirit is here to encourage. And Father, for everyone in this room today, your spirit is here to speak a now word, a word concerning what you plan to do and where you are taking them and their families. We stand in your presence, God. We submit ourselves to hear your word and we are ready, God, to receive it and be changed by it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone one said amen before you are seated turn to two or three and say your flood season is over Noah lived a righteous life the Bible said he was a holy man upright before the Lord and God begins to speak to Noah concerning a flood a storm that was about to impact the world. It was going to drastically change things. Everything that they knew was about to change. Everything 
everything that was familiar, everything that was normal to them, their world was about to be turned upside down. And so God begins to give to Noah a blueprint, a, a blueprint, if you would, will, a, a, a plan, a way to protect his family and keep his family safe in the coming days, in the flood uh, uh, that was about to occur. You know, there is a, a flawed doctrine that's been surfacing and resurfacing for years. And this doctrine says this, Christians, as believers, you will never have to struggle. There are people that will preach that if you have a struggle or a difficulty, you must be sinning. If you have a struggle, or a difficulty, just rebuke it because God's not in it. But that is not what the Word of God teaches us. What the Word does say is in Isaiah chapter 43, when you go through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they're not going to overflow you. And when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've already overcome this world when you go through it hallelujah hallelujah Peter says when your faith goes through the fire you're gonna come out like gold James said count it all joy when you fall into various trials he said because you're going to come out I want to encourage somebody today who's wondering when it's gonna be over who's wondering if it ever will end I'm telling you today by the spirit of the living God God, your flood season is over. Somebody help me prophesy today. My God, this difficult place you are in, it's just your launching place. God is preparing you for new dimensions. He's preparing your family for a new way, a new thing that he's about to do through you. You notice when a rocket gets ready to be launched, that rocket sitting on that launching pad, it takes a great amount of force, a great amount of pressure to get that rocket where it's got to go because that rocket has got to travel into dimensions it's never explored before. It's got to go to heights it's never been before. There are stratospheres it's about to experience and so it takes a lot of pressure to get it to where it's got to go and you'll notice that as a, rock, a rocket is being launched it can only all of it can only go to a certain level before a part of it has to be broken off because there were there are some things about that rocket it's just not capable of going where it's got to go and so God says there's some things I'm doing in your family before I can take you where I'm taking you but you will make it says the Lord somebody help me today my God, 
Notice, if you will, Genesis chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Notice what the scripture says. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. The raven here is a picture of the past. A picture of the past. Ravens are scavengers. Ravens look for what used to exist in order to survive. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are following ravens. They're going after a dead-end career. They're after dead relationships. They're, they're chasing dead dreams. They speak a dead vocabulary. They have dead habits. They have dead attitudes. They're out there chasing ravens, and their life is going nowhere. There are families that are caught up in the past, but you cannot move forward when you're hanging on to the past. There are families that are rehearsing the wounds of previous generations, and you cannot move forward as long as you continue to nurse the wounds of grandmama and grandpapa and what happened to them yesterday. You can't move forward when you're feeding on the diet like a raven does of what used to exist. Ravens look for carcasses that are exposed. They don't go digging in the earth. They look for the roadkill, the stuff that's still out there. And some of you are teaching your children even how to feed on the diet of generational iniquities and generational bondages. You're still teaching your children because granddaddy divorced and because mama divorced. Divorce is inevitable for you because granddaddy suffered with addiction and mama struggled with her secret addictions. You're going to battle addiction and we pass it off to the next generation and the next generation picks it up and continues to live the past because they've been told that this is your diet. This is what you follow. But I declare over you today, in the name of Jesus, you will stop chasing ravens. We will follow the Lord. There are those of you that are teaching your children the mindset of yesterday thinking. You're so stuck in an old mindset. And your children have been taught this same mindset and it is crippling them. But I believe the Lord is ready to take some families to another dimension, to another level, a new place, a place previous generations never knew. You're headed there. I hear it today. For our children's sake, my God, look with me, if you will, at verses 8 through 10 again. He also sent out for himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. 
and she returned into the ark to him for the waters were on the face of the whole earth so he put out his hand he took her he drew her into the ark to himself and he waited yet another seven days and again he sent the dove out from the ark the dove here is a picture of the Holy Spirit and God is inviting our families to spend time with his precious Holy Spirit to hang out with his precious Holy Spirit you notice the scripture says the first time that Noah released the dove it came back with nothing aren't you glad that Noah didn't say oh we're doomed family we're just doomed because there's nothing aren't you glad he didn't shut the window and say we're just gonna collapse and die right here because there ain't nothing no that's not what his response was there's some people today you've been praying for your family you've been fasting for your family you've been believing God for years for miracles that your family needs and you've not seen those things and it seems to you that the raven has devastated you and now it seems like the dove might disappoint you and you're afraid to trust and believe again but I want you to hear what the word says that Noah did because the word says that Noah took the dove drew her the Holy Spirit drew her into himself and he waited he waited he waited with the Holy Ghost he waited for seven days seven is the number of completion he said there's something God's wanting to do there's something God is trying to finish here we're not ready for where the Lord wants to take us right now we gotta wait with Holy Ghost he's trying to do something in us before he can do something through us so we got to wait with the Holy Spirit I can tell you that some of my favorite times for our family is when we have our family prayer and and worship nights I love family worship more than any church service I'll ever go to family worship to me from the time our boys were young till even now that when now I've got daughter-in-laws and when we gather for family worship night sometimes my boys get their guitars and they start leading us up in worship sometimes we turn on the worship music but when we all lay out on the floor and I see my daughters crying and I see my boys praising the Lord my Caleb Joshua pacing the floor and they begin to prophet now they're prophesying over us we used to do the prophesying over them now they're prophesying back to us there's nothing like those moments with your family when you hang out with the Holy Ghost when you invite Holy Spirit into your house and God says I'm ready to do something in your house before I can do something through you I gotta do something in you somebody needs to know today Holy Spirit wants to hang out with you Holy Ghost would you just say come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit invite him in notice what the scripture says in verse 11 Noah sends the dove out another time and the Bible says that 
Then the dove came to him in the, in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. That olive leaf is a picture of the anointing. This is a picture of the anointing for a new day. Before his family could be launched, they had to be prepared. And after they had been prepared, they had to be anointed. Just like we were doing with these children this morning. This morning there was a fresh anointing for where the Lord was taking them. Have you ever wondered if the earth was flooded? How in the world did a dove find an olive leaf? I mean, can an olive tree, if everything had died on, in creation, how in the world did this dove Find an olive leaf. Did, a olive, did an olive tree grow overnight that quickly? I mean, what was it? How did it find this olive leaf? Victor and I have had the opportunity of going to Israel. And, and being in Israel, there were times, there were a few times uh, where we would go th through areas where there were olive tree groves. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but those olive trees are amazing to me. And I remember one time the guide said to us, these olive trees date back over 2,000 years. 2,000 years. I thought this, this might have been a tree where Jesus knelt and prayed by it. I don't know, but it was baffling. And, and I couldn't get over the fact that a tree could be standing when you understand the history of Israel. That that tree had survived wars. That tree had survived years of no doubt weather conditions, of drought, of rain, of storms, possibly floods, of all kind of battles. Yet that tree was still standing. And that's because of the root system of an olive tree. An olive tree's roots grow deep into the crevices of rocks. Now, you better catch this because this gets me so excited. They grow into rocks. While we were in Israel with Perry Stone, he took us to what was called the Rabbi's Tunnel. The Rabbi's Tunnel is a place just off of the area where the Wailing Wall is. And it's a tunnel that the rabbis have been digging for years that goes all the way under where the Dome of the Rock, where the Muslims have set up the Dome of the Rock, the mosque. And this tunnel they've been digging underground for many years because they believe that the Ark of the Covenant sits there. And so they're digging to get to the Ark of the Covenant. As a matter of fact, they believe, many of them believe they have found the Ark of the Covenant. And I remember as we were traveling through, it was late one night, and we were traveling through that tunnel. And our guide, the rabbi, said to us, you see this stone? And we, it, was a, it was literally like a cave. He was like, you see this stone, these rocks over here? This dates back to the time period of the Romans. And I thought, ooh, that's so cool. Let me just touch that. 
that. Maybe Jesus was right here. But then we journeyed some more in that tunnel. And he said, this, this rock over here on this side, this dates back to the time of King David. I thought, man. That's incredible. King David might have touched that rock when he was here. But then he took us even deeper into the tunnel. And we got to a place where we couldn't go any farther. It was uh, uh, gated off, but he had let us look. And as we gazed, he said, you see way down there. And we were looking way out in the distance. He said, that rock dates back to the time period of Abraham. Abraham, thousands of years old. Now you know why I get so excited when I think about this. When an olive tree's roots grow into the rocks, another, in other words, as long as the, the rock endures, the tree will survive. As long as the rock exists, the tree continues hallelujah on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand Woo. and I want you to see what was going on because the Bible says it was a freshly plucked olive leaf what was it a freshly that means that that olive leaf grew out of the storm. It grew out of the adversity. It came to life while the wind and the waves were, were, were raging. It came to life. And that should give somebody some hope today that there is a fresh anointing coming out of the place you've been in, the difficult place you've walked, the terrain that has been so hard for your family. There's a, there's a fresh anointing coming out for you. I'm telling you, you may have suffered loss. You may have lost your money. You may have lost your house. You may have lost a family member. You may have felt like you've lost so much in the, in the devastation of the storm you've been through. But God says there is a fresh anointing I'm about to release upon your life. I'm about to do something through your difficulty. Hallelujah. And notice, now watch this. Chapter 8, verse 20 and 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And he took of every clean animal and every clean bird. And he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled. A, it soothed a, a soothing aroma. Mm. And the Lord said in his heart, never again. God said it, never again will I curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Notice that Noah, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. As soon as he comes out of that ark, he begins to build an altar of praise to God. He begins to worship the Lord. 
for thank you, Father, you preserved us. Thank you, God, you kept your hand on us. Thank you, God, you did not forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that you've been faithful to us. And as he was giving this sacrifice of praise, the Lord smelled it, and it caused God to stand up and shout, never again, never again will you ever have to go through that. Never again will you ever experience anything like that. Never again will you have to travel that road again. I'm telling you, when you offer a sacrifice of praise, when you've come out of a difficult place, you will cause God to stand up on your behalf and shout, never again. Oh, hallelujah. I've had my never again experience. Most of you or many of you know my story. Talk about generational curses, generational iniquities. I was raised in a home with parents who struggled with alcoholism and addiction. My parents were bingers. They would leave us for days at a time to party in the clubs and they would binge for days at a time and I can't even tell you the difficulties and emotional many of you've been there the emotional mess it creates and our lives were like a roller coaster all the time because my father was a mean drunk so when he would come home in the wee hours of the night many times my mother would be the target of his meanness and she would get she would be the, getting the, the brunt of his situation, whatever it might be. She had a busted shoulder or dislocated shoulder, busted eardrum, almost lost her eyesight in one of her eyes. I could go on. He would choke her till she would pass out. And me and my sisters would jump on my dad and try to pull him off of our mother. And this was the way I grew up. It was my normal. And so by the time I was 13, I was suffering with major depression and by the time I was 15 I suffered a complete mental breakdown and I was an emotional mess and at the age of 16 my father was murdered coming out of a nightclub there in Pensacola Florida and I plummeted into a dark place a, a place that was full of darkness it was it was that way because I had listened chosen the same path of anger my dad was an angry man and I became a very angry young woman anger took me into deep depression I was so angry somebody needed to pay I felt like somebody needs to pay for the injustices that I am dealing with somebody's got to pay for this mess and I was mad and I was angry it didn't matter how many people prayed for me it didn't matter how many prayer lines I'd stood in it didn't matter how many hours I had laid on the floor myself crying out to God for healing and to deliver me from depression it didn't matter how many times I had yelled out to God why because as long as I continued to align myself with that generational iniquity it was a snare to me it crippled me but I'll not ever 
never be able to forget the day that I chose to break out of it. I call it the day I broke out of prison. That's what I call it. The day that I broke out of prison. And on that day, I'll never forget it. Victor was gone. I was at home by myself. And I heard it when the Father entered our home. And I knew God was about to heal me. I knew I was about to be set free. I knew it was my day. And that day when the Lord released me and the Lord set me free, I knew I would never again ever have to face that enemy in my life. I knew I would never again fi find myself in that same pit. I knew it. I knew the Lord was giving me a never again moment the same way he gave the children of Israel when they came out of the Red Sea. He said, you see that enemy? You will never again have to face that enemy. I'm telling you, God wants to give you a never again moment. Do you know why I brag on my sons? Do you know why I brag on my children? Do you know I want to tell people that my son is a Grammy Award winner? Do you know I want to tell people that Caleb Yeshua preaches the gospel of Jesus? Because when I look at my children, I remember that promise to me that you will never again, not you, not your children, not your children's children. My children have never had to know what that's like. Oh, somebody needs to offer a sacrifice of praise. Somebody needs to build an altar of praise today. Somebody help me praise him. In spite of what you're dealing with, build an altar.